Well, welcome everyone to episode number 15 of The Roundtable. We're excited to get back with you. We missed last week, so we apologize uh, for that. But we have a special treat this week. We're missing Jenny, our co-host, but we have Nick Kopke with us here today. Nick's going to tell you a little bit about who he is, but I'm really excited that we get the opportunity to uh, have Nick on. And I'll kind of go in a little bit greater, uh, greater depth, but I've known Nick for a little while, and Nick's been a part of our uh, men's group that we're having out at Tad's house, and so uh, it's been exciting to um, have him be a part of it and share his insight and wisdom um, with the group. And so today he's going to tell us a little bit about him and his life and what's going on, and hopefully together, which is what we try to do in the roundtable, is try to take scripture um, that we're preaching on Sunday morning and try to make it applicable because at the end of the day, sometimes it's difficult when you can't ask questions or you can't talk through or you can't have discussion. Um, and it allows to, us to be able to have a view or an idea of um, what scripture's like and how we can apply it to our lives. And so we'll, we'll tap into Nick's wisdom and uh, talk together about how we're going to be able to apply that part of scripture uh, together. So Nick, welcome. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, great. Why don't you tell us a little bit? I beforehand we we were talking, and so Nick was in here, Nick uh, Wilson, and we were like, I was going to introduce you as Nick the Manure Man Kopke because, mm-hmm. um, but I got your tagline wrong. So your tagline is they dump it, we pump. <laughs> so Nick, um, and he'll tell you a little bit about this, but part of his. Uh, business, or if not mm-hmm. all of his business, uh, he does manure hauling. And so that's one way that we uh, got to know each other. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your family, what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, well, I tell you, I'm, I'm just a, a C minus guy most days. You know, my good days, maybe C plus. Um, <laughs> I've, got a, uh, I've got a wife of 12 years this year, her name's Holly. Uh, she's, she's, she's a blast. She's good stuff. Uh, I certainly don't deserve her. Uh, I like how you, you always speak highly of Sherry. Uh, I certainly like the backbone, right? Oh, a good wife is a backbone. Yeah, absolutely. So, so she keeps me grounded. She's, uh, you know, behind every man's uh, even better woman. Right. So how old are you? I'll be 36 this year. Holy cow. Yeah. So yeah, 12, uh, 12 years in, uh, August. August fifteenth so will be twelve years. Were you guys high school sweethearts? No, I you know, and I and I wish we were. That would have saved a lot of would have saved a lot of problems. A lot of heartache and a lot of problems <laughs> elsewhere. But no, we were not high school sweethearts, but we did go to high school together. She is a year below me. Where'd you go to high school? Manchester. North oh. Manchester, born and raised. Uh, I left for a while. Um, I did a, a couple years stint at Vincennes University. Uh, I worked for Strauss in Pennsylvania for about nine months, did sales and service out there. Really? And uh, yeah, and when, then when you went to Vincennes, was it for agribusiness? Really, a lot of agri, not so much business. <laughs> uh, but Vincennes was a, was really good for me. Um, when I when I left Manchester High School, I was wearing cargo khaki pants and Doc Martin boots. And when I came home from Vincennes, I was wearing slim fit Wranglers and cowboy boots. <laughs> that a boy. Yeah, you got the good switch going. I did. On. I did. So and then ended up in Pennsylvania. I ended up in Pennsylvania. Uh, doing sales and service. Did Strauss have a lot of stuff out there? Absolutely. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. We, gosh, I had, I had five or six thousand calves on feed there. Wow. But pretty, you know, just ordering feed, okay. ordering meds, you know, and pulling blood. <clears throat> okay. So you had to go around and visit barns yep. and visit yep. everybody. I had out. a, I had a weekly, uh, you know, weekly or bi-weekly rotation. 
made some made some good relationships there. Were a lot of guys out there Amish groups? Yeah, yeah, that was it. I oh, don't really? think okay. um, I had maybe one English guy. And what part of Pennsylvania? Central. Okay. Ha- Happy Valley, to be specific. Hmm. But I got up into um, kind of south central New York. Uh, oh, Romulus, wow. New York, went up in there. Because I feel like we went out to Lancaster one time. Yeah, I, that... I didn't I didn't get down there. That was more – there was a lot of veal in Lancaster. That's more okay. of like the Marcho crew. Oh, but it. that was okay. more south southeast of me. So. Okay, so went out to Pennsylvania, and then mm-hmm. you came back, and that's how you met your wife? Well, I came back from Pennsylvania and moved to Bearcat, too. Okay. Which you had you were you were involved there for a while. Um, That's the State Road 16 mm-hmm. place. Yeah, I lived there. No, I'm I, I'm sorry. I went there first after Vincennes. I went to Bearcat to the 16 farm. Huh. After Vincennes, raised a group and a half there, and then I went to Pennsylvania. Okay. Moved home from Pennsylvania. Uh, so this is 2007. Then I moved home with mom and dad. That lasted like two weeks. <laughs> And then, um, so I'm, I'm still working for Strauss, so I'm doing the, the service thing on a local level. I was, mm-hmm. I was a service man. And uh, then I moved to the Milky Way farm. You probably know where that is. Actually, I've never been to that okay. one. I've heard about it, well, but that's where, that's where you were living? Yep. Okay. I, I, I did two years there at the Milky Way farm. Um, so so backing up, I, I used to have these parties. We call them Cocky Fest. Okay. Really? Yeah. So I think it was my second uh, Cocky Fest party at the Milky Way house. Um, this little, this, this, this cute little, uh, brunette gal, uh, was one of the last ones there. It was, it was late in the night and, and, uh, you know, she caught my eye and, you know, that was, that was as far as it went that night. So, um, I think I, and, and then I was, uh, I was in town, uh, the next night or the next weekend and I, I was friends with her brother, you know, cause we went to school together. Right. So I knew who she was, uh, and I was, I was pretty chummy with her brother. So I think so I you had the in. I, uh, yeah, I wasn't there. Yet. I don't, he was pretty protective. He, he was protective. Um, but yeah, I think uh, so. We kind of, you know, we had a little thing at the, you know, at my house, and the next weekend or whenever it was, I think I saw her at the inn, and I, she found out at a Harley, and her friends were like, "Hey, he's got a Harley," and so I picked, you know, I took her for a Harley ride. One thing led to another, and uh, but it was it, it, it was slow at first, and. Um, you know, I, I think it took me a month to, to kiss her for the first time. Wow. Uh, but things escalated quickly after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you still have the Harley? No, I don't. Okay. Um, uh, I traded that in for, for some work stuff. Okay. You know, because I was trying to get a business off the ground. I thought you were going to say, hey, I traded it in for a minivan. Like, that, this well, was that's, later on. That, that. Yeah, that was later on. <laughs> that, that's coming. That's coming. So... Um, so you guys get dated for a while? We, yeah, we did. So Holly, Holly, uh, uh, you know, Holly stayed the night one night with me at Milky Way, and she's she's been with me ever since. Okay. Uh, so you know, unfortunately, we did you know we did live in sin there for a while, uh, but um, so yeah, we were we were together for a year, engaged for a year. Okay. And so so we started dating on the fifteenth. We got engaged on August fifteenth, and we got married on August fifteenth. Really? Yeah. And so you guys lived at Milky Way. And, That's correct. And you still ran it while you were. That was a part of. Your I, job? I I never worked at the Milky oh, Way farm. But I, there was I, a house there. That's correct. I just okay. I just rented that from Strauss. Okay. So let's see here. We got married in '09. Moved to a farm closer to where we're at now. We're there a couple of years. Dotty dotty dotty. Uh, so I got two kids. Uh, Emerson is six. Ellie is ten, and they're awesome. Great kids. 
Just the, you know, just the prettiest girls you've ever seen. And so will they go to Manchester? Yes. Okay, yeah. so that's all that same area yeah. that so, you're in. And... So right now we we actually live in the house Holly grew up in. Oh, wow, that's cool. So we bought that when Ellie was like a year old. So we've been there nine years. Okay. And then Holly's uh, parents, a.k.a. my neighbors, uh, <laughs> are my neighbors. Right. Uh, and it, it's a great dynamic. They, you know, there was a four-acre lot. They split it. They built a brand-new house and then sold us their house. Uh, so they're right there and they're they're just awesome people it's you know people always tease me like oh it must suck living next to your in-laws and it's like oh, i feel sorry for them yeah living next to me <laughs> like i'm raiding the fridge i'm you know i'm you know i'm shooting guns you right. know it's you know there's stray bullets around you know right i mean again there's always that i mean people can say that but there are some great benefits to being by your in-laws oh it's building awesome. babysitters yeah absolutely. opportunities to be able to get together absolutely. build relationships your kids can build relationships with grandparents that we wouldn't normally have so i mean yeah. They can say whatever, yeah. but no, there are some advantages to have. It's an excellent side. dynamic. My my mother-in-law, she's a powerhouse. She um, um, she did babysit full-time there for a couple years before the kids went to school. Uh, you know, of course, Jeff, my father-in-law, you know, he's awesome. So, yeah, N you know, no regrets, love it, wouldn't change anything. Right. Did Holly go to school? Holly did not. She, okay. she went to vocational school through high school, and she started working – the day after she graduated high yeah. school. So she, she, she was around the area. She, yep. Yeah, she's never left. And, yep. and ended up at the Kopke Fest. Yes. <laughs> the Kopke Fest. The story that you can tell your kids someday. How did mom and dad meet? Yeah. And when they ask you about the Kopke Fest, so yeah, you can tell them how it went. And yeah. Yeah, how that all worked. Yeah. So, yeah, what else? To Yeah, the daughters. Um, tell us what. Oh, okay, the What business? are you doing in life? No, what are, what are we doing in life? Yeah, so tell me, what do you guys, what do you, what do you love to do? Well, what do, uh, okay, so this weekend we went snow skiing. Did you really? Wear? Yeah, so I grew up snow skiing. Uh, you know, my parents took me and my brother Jared. Uh, snow skiing, you know, all through school. And uh, so, like I said, my kids are 6 and 10, and this year was the first time that we took them snow skiing. Okay. Okay, so um, me and Holly have only been, like, once or twice since we got together. So it's like, okay, this is the year. We, we I'm going to take – because every year I'm like, I'm going to take your girls skiing. It's going to be great. So we finally did it. Uh, we ended up going four times as a family, and then me and Holly went on another adult trip. So – so me and Holly went, have been skiing five times this year, which far exceeded anything. We right. just went to Bittersweet, which yeah. is just a couple, yep. two and a half hours straight north. See, Isaac, the good parents take their kids skiing. Well, we started at Swiss <laughs> Valley, which is more like, it's kind of, the you know, it, it's smaller, it's closer. Yeah, so. so as a family, we've been skiing for, we used to go every Christmas when, since the kids were little. Yeah. And we'd ski you know, over Christmas all the time. Yeah. We'd go two or three times a year. We've been to Ellicottville in New York, oh, out to Colorado, awesome. up to Boyne. Awesome. You know, Petoskey, yeah. uh, Cabra Fay, yep, yep. Bittersweet, yep. Swiss Valley, you yep. know, all those places. And Isaac said, Dad, like, this is a year we need – because he, he has his own skis. Oh, yeah. All of our kids have their own stuff. He's like, this is a year we need to go. You need to take a ski in. But, see, good dads – they, they take their kids skiing. Loser dads have empty promises, like, oh, like no. your dad. But th this is what – so Brady has a friend that he went to school with yeah. uh, out in Colorado. So last year his wife bought Brady and Jace uh, heliskiing mm -hmm. stuff. So it's like – backcountry, go oh up my. on a helicopter, oh get to the top of the mountain, and no. they ski down. Well, they couldn't do it because of COVID, so yeah. he just got back from the trip. Yeah. Took him out there, went out. They they did these, the helicopter ride, clear to the top of these mountains, 13,000 feet up. Thanks. And then they ski. It takes them about an hour and a half to get down. Um, and again, I, I looked at it. He showed me pictures. I'm like, 
That's some extreme. Yeah. Well, I always, you know, we like to water ski too. You know, I'll, yep. you know, I'll get to that. But uh, I always tell people we're, you know, we're like six pack skiers. You know, we got, uh, you know, not much happens around here until we at least get a six pack. In here. <laughs> I mean, that's exaggerating a little, but uh, right. I mean, right. you know, you know, basically me just saying we don't take it that serious. Yeah, you know, right. right. Uh, so but it is a lot of fun. It skiing, is a lot of fun. I, I love to ski. I'm, I'm still using the skis my dad got me in fifth grade. No, I, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> they're I'm, not too short. Uh, or were you this tall in it's fifth kinda, grade? It's kind of. I've I've always been a back row kid. I, I was always a red striper <laughs> on the on the football team. So, in Huntington, it's the black striper. The black, well, I was a red striper. Couldn't touch the ball because I was yeah, too right. chubby. Yeah, so too I've big. always had. But a you've combat. always been since fifth grade. You've been six two. I've or been six three well, or whatever you are. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm six too but yeah um that's impressive that you can still ski on the skis you had since the fifth grade. you just got new boots i didn't what no i think well (laughs) i kind of boots did your dad buy you well i remember always putting on a bunch of socks (laughs) so so we obviously bought the boots big right yeah right which is a great idea because they're expensive yeah so uh looking you know we talked about spring break maybe head north up maybe up to caberfay or or, or to boyne i've never i've never Mm -hmm. been up there so that's great you'd love them both so if the snow holds out we'll do that yeah um yeah because boyne highlands or boyne mountains like five hours something like that might be six is it yeah it's a ways up either way it's worth it yeah you'd like it you know a little longer runs and a little bit better snow and yeah it's a neat area yeah, and then, uh, so yeah, we're water skiers, we're boaters. Okay. Uh, we, you know, we got a lake house, and I, you know, when I when I tell people we have a lake house, it's like it's it's a cabin. It's yeah. not the it's not the it's 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 cute. It's tiny. It's what lake the, are you guys on? We're on you know the main basin's like Tippy Canoe, but our place is on Oswego. Yeah. Okay. So so up there, we're neighbors with my parents. Okay. So we summer with my parents, and we winter with my in-laws. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. So and we were on. Was it Big Barbie? That, yeah, a couple of years ago, we rented a house yep. on Big Barbie. Yeah, we call that the working man lake. <laughs> so the funny thing was, is like, hey, I want to own a lake cottage. Absolutely. Like, I love yeah. the water. We've boated yeah. for all of our lives, mm-hmm. but just didn't seem like I could get it figured out. Well, anyway, so I said, well, let's rent a cottage just to see what mm-hmm. it's like to be on the lake all mm-hmm. summer long. I didn't stay one night. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> we would drive up boat after work because it's too close to home yeah. right? Yeah. yeah so then at nine o'clock ten yeah. o'clock at night i drove home went to work the next yeah. day and then drive back up no we're pretty good at it we're real committed as a family and uh obviously my wife loves it and my oldest daughter ellie is just she's she's this will be like her fourth or fifth summer on skis and wakeboards and yeah so is she a wakeboarder oh are yeah. you a wakeboarder i'm i would say right now i'm really into barefooting yeah uh but slom skiing's kind of always been my passion really uh yeah so i got a neighbor at the lake who you know she she goes every day through the week she's a doctor she 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 barefoots probably six to seven days a week off a boom or deep water oh no no way yeah you can deep water on a good day listen that that is impressive it's 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 i've been thinking about a lot lately because i'm gearing up like we're getting there because she'll as soon as that ice gets off she's going out no way yeah and that and and i and i wouldn't be like this pumped up about it but she's like you know, there's a whole group of guys that go with this gal, and her husband calls all of us her boyfriends. I mean, she, there's like dozens of us. <laughs> you know, there's like this core group, and I'm I'm like a day or two a week on at best, but there's like a, a core group of dudes through the week, and then she cycles some dudes on the weekends. She's so intense. Now listen, that is that Nick the manure <laughs> man Kopke can barefoot on a long line. It's, I am seriously impressed. Like that is it's, it's a rush. I mean, it's been. Since I was in high school, since I long line. Yeah. Now I just go off a boom, you just know, crawl out there and get out there, man. Yeah, I mean no. anything to take the play. And I and I I would probably be the same way, but she is like she's so in, she's like 
she doesn't give you an option. No, right. She's like, and what's her boat? Get in the water. She she's got a little 19 foot Malibu response. It yeah. might be 20. I don't know. You know, yeah. direct drive. Yeah, nothing, nothing too special. But she just yeah, but still that's she nice. Has boat. like 1500 hours on it. She <laughs> just loves that wake. Like she'll never get rid of that boat. Huh. Wow, that's yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, See, yes. the other thing I can't. We did uh, wake surfing. Oh yeah, this year. Yeah, and yeah, I can't fun. get up on a wakeboard. Yeah, but I can't snowboard either. Yeah. I can only snow ski. Correct. I can slalom ski, ski on two, barefoot. Mm-hmm. I can't get on a wakeboard. I hate the stupid things. All the kids are good at it. Do you get on the surfboard though? Huh? I can get on the surfboard. Yeah, surfboards for whatever it's reason are different. easier to get That's up. That's what on. I, I said. Yeah. Every, I mean, yeah. Like last year, Brady was doing backflips on his wakeboard. Oh, you know, and yeah. I'm like, it's so easy. It's like you just pop right up. You just do this and let the water be whatever, and you're gonna pop right up. I'm like, there ain't no popping up. This right. body. Ain't popping out of the water. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with it, but I'm sinking or something's uh, happening. Come There's on. a wall of water. When yeah. I get back there, the wall of water. No, is. the 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 surfing thing has really changed. It's like changed the boating industry. Oh. You know, it's yeah. we um you know we've my boats. I think my boat's a 2012. So it's kind of like what do you guys got? It's a Supra. Yeah, and it's, it's so I think 2012, 13. That's when surfing was really taking off. So my boat isn't really too set up for it. So. When we want to surf, we go find another obnoxious boat <laughs> on the on, on the lake. You know, we got friends here and there, and it's like I'm not filling up my bags and this and that. My dad likes to do it. He likes to, yeah. yeah I swear, when I still had Facebook in the summer, I would see your dad still slalom skiing. Yeah, he he still slalom skis. He'll be 66 this year. He he went snow skiing with us over the weekend. We call him the Tick. <laughs> the what? The Tick, because he's always he 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 because all summer long, like Thursday night through whatever. Hey, we're going skiing, and Dad's like, "All right, I'm in." You know, okay. so he just, you know, it's the tick. <laughs> and he's amazing that again that he's that still in great shape, yep. still takes care of his yeah. body. He's, he's doing and, good, and so yeah. every you know this this spring, you know, he the last few years he's been starting off on two, and oh, and uh, then dropping. Yeah, and then okay. drops, and then he kind of he's you know he's just got to get his confidence there. <laughs> you know, I know he can do it. He knows he can do it, but. He starts on two drops, and then you know another week or two, he's he's you know he's he's starting off on one, but he drags a foot when he starts off. Does on he one. really? Yeah, because that's the way he learned in the seventies, and he had like a fifty-five horse outboard, whatever. <laughs> you know, you had to drag a foot, and, you <laughs> right? Because they couldn't know. get you up out yeah. of the water or start off at the dock. Yeah, you know, I yeah. know. Remember when I was a kid, they did some of that stuff. So, does yeah. your wife like both she, water and snow? Or I've got to deal with her. She skis once a year to shut me up. <laughs> So, and we go water skis. Yeah, water skis. So, yeah. we we started a Dale Hollow trip 3 years ago. So, okay. the pinnacle yep. of our summer, the pinnacle yep. of our yeah. boating season is in Dale Hollow with three of our couples. And we, you guys do a houseboat? We do a houseboat and we yeah. have just we we have got the coolest friends, man. We've and you know, we date, we do we do like Oh my gosh, we've done ice curling, we've done axe throwing, we've done You've done ice what? Uh, ice curling, you know, with the Olympics and the brooms and the <laughs> No, I'm talking about. There's a dedicated ice. Um, cur- it's the only dedicated curling ice in Fort Wayne. So you're the guy that like, like on the Olympics. Yeah, you you're along, and you and you put your foot behind you and yeah. you kind of like. Yeah. So we we took. Do like, you wear tights? No. <laughs> Don't they wear tights or something on the Olympics? When well, this that? was this is one of the, another one of those six pack things. You know? <laughs> and then somebody gets the broom out yeah. and figure it out. Yeah. And you know we go kart. Um, that's neat. So you got like a I good said, group of friends. Oh yeah, we've got an awesome, awesome, and and to go on a houseboat with some people, you have to be very good friends with them. Right? Oh, because everybody's living it's, on the same it's boat. It's tight. Oh, I'm wow. talking tight, bud. <laughs> it is tight in there. So that that is the highlight of our boating season. Uh, and this year, 
this year will be our fourth year. So That's Holly awesome. skis in Dale Hollow, and all her friends try at least once. Okay. Then the others just hanging out with friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. So, Nick, tell me a little bit about, because I honestly don't know that I've ever heard this story before. So okay. tell me a little bit about your spiritual journey. Oh. Like, I don't know. Like, I only know. So Nick's in a small group at Tad's, and I've told him this. Well, it's not so much a small group. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's like 25, 30 Well, guys. there's, I would say there's, there's always at least 30, give or take, but probably 45, 50 people cycling. Right. You it's know? really a neat group. I, I awesome. love the group. You, I mean, you know, you said something about the um, about that men's group. We were there Monday, and you said in your sermon about how this isn't normal. No, it's f- that for like, sure. That, that, like, that upset me. Yeah, I mean. Because it should be, right? No, well, for sure, the people who should lead that whole idea of gathering together to get prepared to yeah. do what we need to do should be men, yeah. right? Because that's the calling that God puts on our life. Yeah. But for whatever reason, usually men, well, I mean, you could look at this in the history of the church, right? Men are usually even absent from the church, let alone to get into, yeah. you know, a Grandma small group. Grandma took me to church or yeah, mom or whatever. Right, like the dads <laughs> are just missing. But again, so Nick, and I've told him this before, you know, adds a lot of insight and wisdom and clarity. Sometimes I'm not... Uh, the most clear on what I'm trying to say out in small group. I'm yeah, not sure that usually say, does that make sense? Yeah, I do because I'm like, it made sense in my mind, but then I'm looking yeah. around the room like, ah, I might have missed that one. Yeah, you know. And so Nick brings a lot of clarity. So I've really enjoyed, you know, Nick's insight and wisdom in uh, the small group. I don't know. I've ever heard like your spiritual journey. Like if you grew up in a church and you've always yeah. known Christ or, I mean, I, yeah. yeah. So well, you I tell, tell you, you know, it's, you know, it's not that exciting, but it's, a, you know, it's nonetheless, it's a story. And, um, you know, I've, I've, gosh, I got a great family, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've always, you know, they've always took me to church. Um, so you did grow up in absolutely. church. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. The Congregational Christian Church, the bright light at fourth and Walnut, North <laughs> Manchester, Indiana, Pastor JP Freeman. Uh, now he's got a story. You want to? You want to hear? This was about? this was the pastor of your church when yeah. you were a kid. Yeah, J.P. Freeman. He's wow. got it. That guy. He owned the Main View in town. What's the Main View? It's a it's a bar downtown. Oh. I mean, this guy. You, he's got a story. Wow. And he's still around. I see him every now and then. We have some good talks. But um, yeah, Congregational Christian Church all my life. Now we got into school. Um, you know, I do remember getting into junior high and high school, and you know, mom and dad kind of slowing down. Mm. I I don't know why. You know, yeah, what sports, I suppose, you know, Probably. bitty basketball, all that stuff, right? Um, what did you call it? Uh, in Manchester on Sundays, we play bitty basketball, bitty, yeah, bitty bat. It's like the, it's like youth basketball, bitty. bitty. Like, how did that name bitty come ba- I have no, it was, was somebody it named was, bitty, it was bitty basketball 30 years ago. So, I mean, that I just seems like, a, like I cannot tell you the history on the no, bitty. I was like, bitty I wonder basketball. if there's some guy named Bitty that started this. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, bitty basketball got started, and maybe church went down Potentially. in priority a little yeah. bit. So, um, yeah, you know, great family, like, you know, great grandparents, like a lot of great influences in my hmm. life, a lot, just a lot of good people, man. And um, um, I remember getting involved with Campus Life. At a young, you know, at that point, I think we had a campus life in junior high. Really? And yeah. Now we don't because it's there's such a short, there's such a shortage of those directors. Yeah. We, we've had a lot of the directors in and out. Maybe we can talk more about that later. But, right. Um, so at that point, we had a we had a seventh and eighth grade campus life, and this guy's name was Nate, and he was just this big guy. And uh, Nate Nate would come down to the weight room during my lunch period, and help, and he would 
and it'd be like, all right, Nate, I want to squat. He'd lift that weight up off the ground. He'd put it on my back. <laughs> and I, I was just like a seventh grader doing squatting in the junior high weight room, right. you know, and, and I just remember that Nate being there. And, but and we all have to remember that you are 6'2 at this time and half a man <laughs> That's in seventh I've always, grade. I've always been a larger framed individual. <laughs> so anyway, sure. so Nate, yeah. Campus Live guy. Yeah, so, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I don't ever really remember – a whole lot going on. I, I just remember these, these great people being in my mm -hmm. life, you know, you know, you know, freshman, sophomore year, you get more involved in campus life. It was probably more because of girls. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember as a freshman, these upper class girls coming to pick me up to take me to campus life. Hey, now and there's an in, you know, and it's like, you know, looking back, like these girls were just trying to give me Jesus, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, these girls are into me. <laughs> Right? No, that is you know the story what I'm saying? right there. Yeah, like you know these girls are interested in me, and they're really no, like, No, they're just trying to kid, give. This kid needs Jesus. They're just trying to give this <laughs> chunky little freshman kid Jesus, right? Oh, so, that's good. Yeah, I was always real involved in campus life. And <clears throat> fast forward senior year. Our senior year was tough. It started out with a death. Um, I don't think school was in yet. I think he died in August. His name was Jared Aragood. So. Uh, I would have been 18. I assume he was 18. We're going in our senior year. I wasn't. I wasn't close with him at the time. He had kind of moved away and was going through whatever struggles he was going through. But we were close. Uh, probably, you know, junior high, uh, for sure. I, you know, I remember being close to him. But he he died uh, of bacterial meningitis. And then what? Yeah. And then a few. I gosh. I wish I was better with timelines. A month or two later, uh, a junior died of the same thing, and his name was Kyle Music. And then a month or two later, a sophomore died of, she, she had leg surgery and she threw a blood clot and it, it, it took her, it killed her. So we were, and this was all within months, you know, of, of my senior year, you know. So there was it, it was, it was tough there for a while, but, 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 but right after Jared passing, um, I, you know, I remember reaching out to uh, Chris's name. Chris Rickelman was our, was our campus life guy. So uh, I talked about this Monday, mm -hmm. you know, I, m my relationship with Chris grew and he met with me. He was very intentional with me. And, um, you know, that ultimately led to me asking a lot of, a lot of tough questions and us praying together and me ultimately accepting Jesus Christ. Um, so that's, that's, you know, I, I, I would call that my salvation story mm -hmm. right there. So, yeah. And then again, some uh, from that point on, and I mean, I think that all of us are like the journey from the time of our salvation to where we are today is yeah. just always an interesting journey. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, uh, that's that's the, when it starts. Right? Yeah, yeah. So and we've talked a lot about that about following Christ. And, right. You know, I've always believed. So to answer your earlier question, about you know, I've always believed in Jesus. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't ever remember a time in my life where. I didn't, I don't, you know, I always remember seeing Bi at all my family members' houses or those Bibles, so I've always been a believer. Um, but, yeah, following is always, it's, yeah. that's always a bumpy road, that's right. for sure. And, I, you know, I always like to hear people's stories about, about you know, uh, you know, I'm trying to get better or, yeah. you know. Or, well, I think it's the key that we talk about all the time. Yeah. That's why I've <laughs> said, you know, uh, everybody asks us, like, why do you have on staff at Life Church a person who gets paid to be the storyteller? Like, that's Nick's job here is he's a storyteller. That's his. And I'm like, because that's what people need to hear. Like, people need to hear the stories of where God's working and what he's doing. Because a lot of times part of our growth comes from watching somebody else saying, wow, like, 
I can do it, or God's still working, or I can get through, or I can see. And so for somebody to be able to see a story from somebody else's life, they're like, I can learn from that, and I can understand that. And or, you know, somebody stuck in a place, they're saying, I don't think I could ever get over this, but then they watch a story or see a story or hear somebody talk about, like, I've been that journey, you know, and I can help you through, right. you know, that place. So I always think it's cool to yeah. be able to have the opportunity yeah. for people to be able to share their story and talk yeah. through it so yeah okay and i got i got baptized uh, i think just right before me and holly got married i got baptized um oh and we go to liberty mills church with brother we never talked about that oh, yeah. we're yeah we're uh i think we're members i think we joined years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the whole member thing's kind of gone to the wayside yeah, but I'm, right. I'm i'm pretty sure we're members our picture's in the directory but we've been going to liberty mills church with the brother and since i since uh, you know me and holly started dating she was born and raised there and and during the summers, back to the lake thing, the water thing, we do uh, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, Leesburg United Methodist Church puts a lake service on. Do they really? So every Sunday morning uh, at 7 o'clock, me and Pastor Rob uh, set up a sound system Not, on, on uh, a pontoon. And it's so cool because I get to spend time with Pastor Rob, and this guy's awesome. Hmm. I mean, I love Pastor Rob. Um, he just, man, he he just he preaches the truth in the Bible and 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 uh, draws a heck of a crowd like Super Canoe. We've had up to 500 people attend these. So everybody these, just pulls their boat up. These boats and it's 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 right up Atona Bay Campground, so you can you can come by uh, shore. Obviously, you know you can drive, park, or you know there's a campground there. There's a lot of people setting up chairs. Um, but yeah, a lot of boats, and it's it's very weather driven, you know, oh, on, yeah, on, on right. a dreary, sure. chillier. But we've had we've had good holiday weekends with almost 500 people. That's amazing. It is so cool, man. And, and that, so does and, he have a church that? Yeah, Leesburg United Methodist right? is is the church, and that's you know that's who puts it on. So. so do they stop what they're doing, or is it at a different time? Or that's a good you know question. I, mean? I wonder well, what he does. Well, like, last does year, else... uh, I think so. He leaves right away. He he leaves right away and goes to the church and okay. does uh, his his regular service. Okay, so then he so. has another service that he does yeah. at the church, and that's where my parents, Randy and Chris, are members. Is is there at Leesburg United? So. Okay, what do they live at the lake all the time? Yeah, yeah, they're full time. They yeah, they moved there in 06, oh. 2006. Okay, yep, yeah, and that's where so. Troy Dyson was on. Yep. Yes. Tippy. Was he close to you guys? Absolutely. Oh, so. Yeah, and that's where, yeah, me and Troy uh, grew close there. Yeah. Because I, I would paddle, you know, I'd get on my paddle board or, you know, we would boat in, whatever, swim yeah. over, walk over. He was just kind of across the channel. And there, oh, so you he know, wasn't that far from no, you guys? No. Okay. I could, you, you know, uh, you could see his place. He's across the lake in a channel. So this summer is going to be tough not, not pulling up to the dock and seeing Troy. Yeah, right. A little smile and right. probably a Coors Light here. You know? <laughs> He's like, here, here, here. It's like, no, I'm trying. Yeah, no, no. And so I'm, I'm going to miss that. That's going to be tough. So. Yeah. Yeah, because he had been up there for a decent amount of time, uh, right? Just a couple summers. Oh, but he was there. He was, he was there quite that. a few years ago. So Yeah, and then he was on another lake for a while and then, yeah, and then came, came back. back. And, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Kelly lately and, and Stephen and yeah, yeah, the Dyson family for sure. So. Right. Yeah, and I think, yeah, the transition of trying to figure out how to deal with the loss, mm-hmm. let alone a – a spouse and or a child. I mean, that's a yeah, that's a tough For sure. you know place to go into. Yep. So we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, scripture. So what we talked about. So we are in uh, a series called Under the In or In God We Trust, and the whole idea of this series is um, 
we're, I think we're living in a time where trusting people has become somewhat of a, or trusting our government. You know, I think we see a lot of people who are like, I can't trust this person or I can't trust this person. And, um, and so the idea of the series is to say, well, we've probably had some misplaced trust. You know, if we thought that presidents or senators or politicians can change the world anyway. Or pastors. Yeah, or right? pastors. Yeah. yeah, putting in our hope in places that it shouldn't be, yeah. you know, and really living in a time where things that we trusted in the past are sometimes going away, just like the whole COVID thing. We would have expected, never expected in life that churches wouldn't be able to meet. Right. You know what I mean? We never would have thought you would come to a place where you go a whole summer or, you know, some churches for eight still, months. They're still. Yeah. Or still some churches, churches still closed, that, yeah. that, that are closed, not open. So, the idea of this whole series was to say, well, we should probably recenter ourselves, get back to uh, a trusting God. And so this week we talked a little bit about influence. So the idea was that what is truly influencing us and um, at times, you know, understanding that culture probably has a pretty good hold on us when it comes to influence so you know like we talked about entertainment so when you look at what entertains you is it influenced by god or is it influenced by culture or you know we looked at uh your money you know what we do with our money is it influenced by god or influenced by culture um and we even talked about some stories we were talking about this before so i brought up this idea of um have you ever been at a party before you know where no. people were under yeah, never right what do you mean the cop key fest <laughs> you met your wife it wasn't that kind of party that's, that's not a party yeah, <laughs> you're not allowed to say that on the air. Or what? I, you tell me. I don't uh, know. I oh, wasn't. No. I wasn't given Listen, any guidelines before we started. <laughs> hey, Isaac, are there guidelines? No, no <laughs> guidelines. So anyway, so the idea, and I told you it was funny because I said, "Have you ever been around people who are under the influence of alcohol? You know, and yes. how they act. You know, how they yes. become your best friend yeah. and love you, man. And you know how all of a sudden they put the beer goggles on. And yeah, absolutely, people who." maybe weren't as attractive as you thought before, but after four or five beers, they become yes. more attractive. And yeah. and then you ask them the stories the next day. Hey, do you remember that? Man, I don't, I don't remember. or didn't know that I acted like. Yeah. So I brought it back to this idea that I wonder if that's the way we are today. Like, we don't even know that we're under the influence of culture and not under the influence of God. And so how do we reset that? How do we get to the place where, you know, God is, you know, the center of our influence to the best of our ability and how mm -hmm. do we go down that road? So uh, we looked at, this is the time where... Get your glasses on? Get my glasses yeah. on because I can't see anything. But in First Peter uh, 5, that's where we were looking uh, at to be able to understand this. And so in one of the ways that one of the things it talked about in the same way, uh, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. So talk to me a little bit about did you have or have you had in your life somebody who is older than you with wisdom like you've named a couple names through this but have you ever had that person where like when you need spiritual authority in your life or you need somebody to come under you that you do you have any experience with that or uh can you comment on that at all you mean like seeking out somebody yeah like in his he says you know if we're going to be if we're going to get down the road of understanding influence the first thing we have to understand is submitting to authority right because we can only be influenced by what we submit to, right? Yeah. Don't you think? Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can I only agree. be influenced by what you submit to. And so the idea is 
if we're going to submit to the authority of God, you know, or submit under the influence of, the first thing we have to get used to is to submitting to authority at all. Yeah, so like your parents. So if you're not submissive, submissive to your parents and or elders, right? Right. How's that going to reflect on your on on your relationship with Christ? Right, because it's a struggle. Like if we struggle trusting somebody who is older than us or somebody that knows more than us with authority, how will we be able to just say, "But I trust God," like, and I submit to His authority and His influence? And so, like for me. Um, so Vic is a guy that's he's older than I am. He's went down the road. He came over here when, with us when we planted the church, meaning he still lives in Bluffton, but he traveled, you know, come came over here every week and met with me every week and still to this day meets with me every week. And I would call him somebody who is a spiritual authority. He's a guy that can look at me and say, you're wrong. You're going down the wrong road. Yeah. You need to change what you're doing. Your thinking's off. Yeah. And I and I have said that it's okay. Like you speak that way into my life because it's important. You know, so for me, you, so you're it's getting really a lot important. of accountability from this guy. Right. Because you don't want it from everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying that. Think about this. You don't want everybody to be your spiritual authority. Sure. Not everybody can do that. But right. so have you ever had experience like I have this guy in my life and I've given him permission to yeah. speak into my life and yeah. Well, definitely, definitely here, um, you know, I don't, whatever, last 10 years. I mean, I, I don't have anybody that's walked with me since day one that I've been seeking advice with. I'm, you know, my dad's always been a good one. Hmm. Um, well, that's exciting. You if know, your dad can yeah, be a, well, you, you know. well, you know, more business-wise, uh, ethics. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, um, dad, dad's happy with his walk and his... And where he's at, and I've I've wanted to take it a little farther. I, mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. nothing against what he's doing or not doing, but no, I sure I've wanted to I've you know I've maybe gotten a little more serious about things and wanted to go farther. So, um, and I've just I've had a lot of good people in my life, right? right. A lot of good pa- Pastor Kelly. I've been with him 14, 15 years. Uh, you know, he married me in Holly. We've we, we've done counseling with him, post marital yeah. counseling, obviously awesome. pre marital, but yeah. Uh, some postmarital. So that's interesting. Like for you, and I think that's a, because for me, it would be a different story. Like mine would be one or two people that I've had, but you would say that you've had multiple people. And here's the cool thing about what you're saying is it's multiple people at multiple times. You know what I mean? So it's not like I had one person he went all the way through where it's like one person for this season of life and another person for another season of life. And I'm I'm, I'm always looking like who, Hey, who wants to help Nick? Right. Cause I need help. And I really, I, you know, I lean on my friends probably a lot harder than they lean on. Like, I'm pretty hard on my friends because hmm. I, you know, I, I want to treat my friends and hold them accountable to how I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the same because, hmm. um, you, know, I, you know, I want, I want people to be hard on me and tough on me and say, hey, right. I think you shouldn't be doing this. You're going down the wrong path. Right. Yeah, because I think we would both agree – with no accountability, life doesn't go well. It's a mess, especially yeah. men. <laughs> right. Like, you got to have somebody that you have. And, again, I, at least this is my personality. I'm not going to listen to everyone, you know, <laughs> because I'm not going to sit there and take it from everyone. But I'm going to take it from a few. Absolutely. And you have every right to, to share with me and to say with me, you're off. You need to fix it. What you said, what you did, you've missed the point, you know, that type of thing. And so having accountability, and that's what we would say to the audience too, right? Like if you're a man who doesn't have accountability or if you're a woman who doesn't have accountability or somebody that can be speaking into your life, you need to get it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so then it goes on from an influence standpoint, and he says, um, 
All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves before, uh, therefore, under God's mighty hand uh, that he can lift you up in due time. So one of the things we talked about is this whole idea that um, we need to clothe ourselves with humility. And the interesting thing is, like, from a scriptural standpoint, when he talks about clothe yourself, it means at all times approach everything with humility, right? Just like he did with the servant's towel, wash the disciples' feet. He said everything that we approach should be approached in the way, like, I'm here to serve you. I'm yes. not here to get anything out of you. I'm here to be like, what can I do for you to be able to help you in your journey? And he says, like, you need to clothe yourself with that. Like, it needs to be a part of your nature. Mm -hmm. Like, the nature of a Christian person, if we want to live under the influence of God, has to be humble and has to clothe themselves in humility. In fact, Vic, one of the things he told me early on, in working with people because, you know, when you work in a church, it might not be any different in the manure business. When you work with people, you know, there are times where it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. You know, the whole, like, serve them, but mm -hmm. they would be okay to beat you over the head with a ball bat <laughs> type of a thing, you know, and there's no, like, uh, back and forth. But he said if you live with a couple principles, one, you know, that, that you would understand life's not fair, you know, people are weird and loves the bottom line. So if you don't, if you believe that life is supposed to be fair, you argue with God for all of your life. People are weird. If you think people aren't weird, you're going to argue for all of your life with people, you know, in that concept. But love should always be the bottom line. And with it, he said, remember, every time you approach somebody, they're wearing a sign. And the sign says, make me feel important. So <laughs> if you approach people or instances, from a humility standpoint, instead of a positional standpoint, then the chances of you having an impact on their life is going to be great. I mean, yeah. if you had, I mean, do you feel the same way? Yeah. Have you ever had yeah. those experiences? Yeah, you know, I was just on the way here today. I was talking to my brother, and, you know, he's in sales now, and we're talking about relationships. Mm -hmm. He's he's made a lot of new relationships the last few months, and, you know, a lot of relationships with some CEOs of some pretty big companies, and so we're talking about relationships, and, uh, we've been talking about relationships a lot about men's group and, you know, are those relationships reflecting your relationship with Jesus Christ? Mm. Uh, you know, are you intentional with those people? Um, are you, are you looking at them when, you know, they're talking or are, are you listening? Are you making them feel important? Right. You know, so, you know, he's a salesman, but, and I, <laughs> I told him on my way here, I said, you know, you just go around like making these relationships and if you get to sell them something, it's like a byproduct. Yeah, right? there you go. Can't talk now, Steve. <laughs> I See, I this that. is how important. See, no <laughs> phone calls on this phone, and he might have had like four or five of them. He's, well, but he he's a customer of mine. No, so. I know. That's what I'm saying. You're way important. You know, in yeah. the, in the midst of this. So, yeah. Uh, so you would believe in humble ourselves, serve people like yeah. that, customer and, service. And I'm because uh, you're in the customer service. I business. am in the customer service. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. The, the service industry. I haven't, you know, I always tell people I am in the service industry. I don't say the customer service industry, but yeah. service. Okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe I should think of it like that because <laughs> I'm, I'm filling their needs. But uh, so, so we're watching the show, The Chosen. Okay. So, so you forgot to ask me that. The question oh, we yeah. started. What, you what are you on watching? On yeah. So, so the chosen. So so you caught me at a good time. We're watching the the show, the chosen. Are you familiar with that? I've seen the clips from it, but okay. I've never so watched you got to download the app. Any, any maybe somebody that 
is smarter than I am can figure it out. I downloaded the app, and you got to like airplay it on your TV or whatever. Oh, so the only the way you can watch it is, is from is, an app. Is from the chosen app. So if really? anybody knows of a better way to watch it, so let us tell know. us on the YouTube channel the better it, way to watch it's, it. It's kind of a struggle, but so on the chosen right now we're on like episode eight, and it's just it's, it's going through the gospels, right? Mm -hmm. So right now Jesus is going through Capernaum. Okay. And you know he healed he healed the guy through the roof. Mm -hmm. He yep. healed the leper out there in the woods. Tad Eads is calling. <laughs> uh oh. Hey Tad. Uh, so so we're talking about humility, and I just you know last night I watched Jesus or a man portraying Jesus mm -hmm. on the TV, you know, and they're in the red district, mm. which is like. Pontiac Street or, yeah. or, or whatever. Sure. I mean, I don't, you know, yeah. you know, how, you know, however you want to call it. Right. And, um, you know, he's down there, you know, the, the Pharisees won't even go down there. Right. And then here's Jesus healing these dudes. Right. So, you know, you're talking about humility and, you know, I just, I just can't get over the fact how, how humble Jesus actually was. Right. And, right. you know, the more I figure that out and the more I learn about that, it's no wonder like the Pharisees couldn't get down with them. Mm. Right. It's like, because they were for sure. This guy's too humble, and he's he's down here in a part of town we don't run with. Right, right. You know, well, and it goes with what he says next in the scripture because he wants us to be humble, and it's not that he doesn't like proud people; he opposes them. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, he says God opposes the proud, so it's yeah. not even like if you're proud, he's like, oh, it's a bummer. You need to change your personality trait. He's like, I will oppose you if you are proud. If you are a person like a Pharisee or a Sadducee, or even if you're a person, and I tell. Like, be careful once you start viewing yourselves as better than other people. Mm. Like, if you get to that place where you start viewing yourself as superior or better or you've done it right and they always do it wrong, I think you better check yourself because the opposition as a Christian people person coming from God is evident. Like, he's not going to just let you go and he's not going to let you be a proud person. Like, mm. he's going to oppose you until the point that you remember. And yeah. And we, time. we need people in our life to tell us. No, absolutely. Hey, you're being a little too proud. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget this. When I was, you know, I had, a, I had a real slow and rough start in the business, but things were taking off, making a little money. My dad pulled me aside. Nick, you're starting to, you know, you're slipping. Mm. You're getting a little cocky. You're this, you're that. I'll never forget that. Mm. And I'm, I'm, you know, I was mad. Right. I was right. mad at the time. but. <laughs> I, you know, I'm very thankful for that, and I'm glad he did it. So. Right. Because, again, the, the thing that we got to be careful of is that at the end of the day, if we stay in that proposition, he will humble us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for sure. I've been in those roads where you yeah. think that you're good. And continue, and continue to be humbled, for right. sure. I mean, that's, that's, right. gonna, that's always going to be there. Right, right, and needing that in our lives, yeah. you know. And then, again, we're running out of time, but we get to the place where then Scripture tells us that, um, if we're going to live in this spot, if we're going to live under the influence of Christ, you need to know there's an enemy, you know, and I think that that's something that's so much overlooked that there's an enemy that wants to devour you. And, and here's what we talked about. And I think I want to make sure we understand this, that, that he's not there to bite you or hurt you. He's there to devour you. Destroy. So, yeah. So as a Christian person, you need to know that he does it in a couple different ways. One is to distract you by things that don't matter. Mm -hmm. Right. Get you focused on the things that at the end of life are just going to burn up. Yeah. Right. So you're so focused on material things. Anxiety, that, stress. Yeah. I mean, all of that stuff is going to burn in the end, mm -hmm. you know. And so if you spend your whole life worrying about it at the end of your life, it's not going to matter. Right. 
Then he goes to and attacks the only thing that matters, which is relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about this on Sunday. He starts with, with infighting in brothers and sisters in Christ, arguing about things that don't matter, you know, in the end. Then he goes to our marriages, like if he can destroy our marriages, and then he goes to our kids. And, but he's very strategic with this. And I think as men uh, in this conversation, we need to realize what our part in all of that is, right? Like it's our role to understand we can't get caught fighting over things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, brothers in Christ getting caught over, arguing about things inside of the church or outside of the church that are like, does anybody really care whether the carpet's blue or green? Does anybody yeah, that's really? Getting, that's getting tough, you know? Right. Mass, no mass. Oh. Vaccine, no vaccine. Right. I mean, it's, there's just, there's all kinds of, there's always things coming down the pipe that we can argue about. Right. There's always more things, new things to divide us Christians. I mean, Christians have taken a huge hit the last 12 oh, months. Oh, for sure. So I, you, we've certainly got a lot of healing. Yeah, to the, do. the the political debates, <laughs> you know, which side you land on a political, it's, and it's tough out there. You know that, and where you're at. So there's that division, and then the same thing is marriage. You know, yeah. we said this from the beginning. We talked about it in small group multiple times. Satan attacks the family. The you're first right. person he attacks is your wife. Mm-hmm. And as a man, it's our job to protect, stand in the gap, be at the place we need to be to help see truth, to bring our family around in that. Um, and again. And we were talking about this before. I said in church, I said in small group, our small group of having 30, 40, 50 guys be a part of a small group is an anomaly. Like, that's not normal. And and you said that's sad. But what we have to be focused on is, like, how do we start a revolution, you know, of men understanding the role? And, again, this isn't like we don't want women to be involved. We don't want women to find their place. I'm just saying. Well, I'm, I'm not saying women aren't invited. There's just none there. No. <laughs> but the point is, is that at the end of the day, where the gap is, you go to church, guys are missing. You go to leadership in, in yeah. uh, the Christian environment, and men are missing. So I'm just saying, guys, step up. Yes. You know, we need you. Yes. You know, we need you to be Christian leaders in business, and we need you to be Christian coaches, and we need you to be, you know what I mean? You need to be that spiritual leader in lives because we have a lot of young people today, and that's the other thing that, that he attacks is lives of young people. Yes. You know, and he's going after the kids, and kids need, because not everybody had your experience. Not everybody grew up with a dad and a mom right. who took you to church, and especially in this day and age, not everybody's growing up with a mom or a dad who's I'm, given them the... I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah, that's sure. what I'm saying. Yeah. So what do we need to do like to, to continue to not only just help these kids, but reach the parents and give them the gospel and be able to help them understand how to navigate this? Because, yeah, I mean, Satan's winning when it, com- winning when it comes to, to destroying the family. Mm-hmm. There is just a complete meltdown in the family unit and the family system and we need to be able to stand in the gap to be able to help that for sure so all right so any last words wisdom advice you want to give to our <laughs> podcast listeners as oh. we end up and and again we're yeah excited to be able to have nick on here and bring yeah back we're on you know and, we just you know to continue this relationship thing just um you know how how are you ever going to reach people how are you ever going to be able to give people the gospel if you if if you're not in a relationship with them mm. so just be intentional with people, you know, invite somebody out to lunch, call somebody, text somebody, take time with them, you know, make them feel important, mm. you know, make them feel special. And that's, that, you know, that's going to lead you to get an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Yeah. So just please, please be intentional with yeah. people. Yeah, sure. and that's great advice. Obviously, uh, what Nick said, we all need to think about, are we being intentional? I mean, you, you just summed it up all 
you know, in a lot of different ways we can do that. But at the end of the day, we have to be thinking through how do we intentionally show the love of Christ to people who don't yet know it and continue to show the love of Christ to the people who do and encourage them to, to do more and to build them up. Yeah. We're always saying we're trying to reach people, we're training new people, and we're sending people out. Yeah. And we can be intentional about each one of those environments yeah. that, that we're in. So Yeah, so, you know, God bless Life Church. You guys got a good thing going <laughs> here. And and uh, uh, I'll definitely see you Monday. Yeah, so. For sure. Yeah, so Nick, thank you for being yeah. on with us this week. And to all of our podcast listeners and those who are watching us online, thanks for being a part of it. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye now.